I'm Adrian Collins, and this is Mindful Mostly. This is a lifestyle and wellness show for those of us who are mindful, but just most of the time. It's all about authenticity, wanting to better ourselves, but then also just wanting to be real women in this real world, am I right? You can be mindful of whatever's important to you. It doesn't have to be all woo-woo. Could be the latest trends in wellness, fashion, spaces, celebrity, just really good conversations with really interesting people. We get into it. And hopefully you leave inspired every single week. You know, it was Joan Didion who said, we are the stories that we tell ourselves. So what's your story? Think about that one. And how has it shaped you? How has it shaped the jobs you go for, the men you end up with, the way you feel about your body? Today, Jeanette Schneider is here. She's got a book out. It's called Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future. And it challenges women to uncover the stories that have shaped our lives, our paths, and to actively create new conversations with ourselves, our daughters, and everybody around us. She's here today to talk about it. Plus, we have two giveaways on the show, so stay tuned. Let's do this. What are you listening to these days? Because I'm just saying it's fall. You've probably done a little shopping. I definitely think you've got some leopard print going on in your wardrobe. Maybe considering the white boot? I know I am. To go with that, you need the Mindful Mostly Fall playlist. It is called Cute Fall Booties. (laughs) And it's on Spotify. Just search that, follow it. A whole bunch of you guys have, and I'm loving how much you're loving it. It's so dope. If you want to hear what's on it, did you hear the end of last week's episode? (laughs) Take a listen back. Okay, uh, an executive from uh, Whole Foods has opened up about what the next big things are for food and drink. They say now instead of us buying fake meat, like, you know, like fake veggie meat burgers and whatever, it's going to be real fruits and vegetables. So instead of fake chicken or fake hamburgers, it's just going to be, you know what, here's a delicious cauliflower lentil burger. Instead of nut-based milks, which we all consume on the daily, I bet, it's gonna be plant-based milks. Also, rather than Indian, Mexican, and Italian foods being really popular, we're gonna see more of Ethiopian, Thai, Moroccan, and Israeli. Those right there are my favorite foods. You down with that? Also, when it comes to wine, they say, instead of rosé, which is definitely where we're at right now, or orange wines, natural wines, we're gonna start seeing more sparkling reds. I can get behind that. All right, let's chat with Jeanette Schneider. Now stick around because at the end of this conversation, we are giving away one of these books. Plus, Emily Thring, we're going to call her up. She's got tickets for us to like a sweet cannabis event. 
Um, but on the line right now is Jeanette Schneider. She is the author of the new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future. Hello, thank you for having me. So I actually teared up um, basically the first page of your book. And mm-hmm. it was the moment when you were talking about having a conversation with, I think it was your grandfather. Yes. No. And that was actually another gentleman who he was a client and he'd become like a grandfather to me. And he um, was very wealthy and successful. And at the end of the day, on the last day of his life, who was sitting next to him was his financial advisor, which was my role. Um, And he said, all of the things that you're chasing don't matter. You know, who you should be paying attention to, all of the kids' plays that he'd missed, all of the family um, adventures he'd missed the end of his life, you know, he kind of recognized that he had chased the wrong things. Mm. Wow. That's one of those things we go through life and we're just like, you know, am I focusing on what's truly important? Am I going to regret these decisions? Is this Mm -hmm. way the right way? And lots of times we don't know those answers until we do a lot of self-reflection And that's what your book is really all about. It's a lot of exercises. You describe this book as sort of a workshop. It absolutely makes you the kind of your own guru. Um, I had a friend actually tell me recently, like, (laughs) she goes, I would only read this book because you wrote it. Like, she is not into self-help at all. She's so tired of the cliched expressions and the, you know, find yourself, your intuition. And so she hates all that stuff. And I said, I'm not trying to be your guru. I'm trying to ask you questions. Think of me as like a professional spy slash question asker. And she just started laughing. And I'm like, just, you're my friend, so you have to read it. So she started reading it and she reached out to me and she was like, okay, I get it. Because what I'm really doing is just simply asking you really deep questions so that you understand um, how you've created your own messaging, how you've created your own issues a lot of times, because a lot of the things that we suffer from and the problems that we have are because at some point in time, someone told us a story and we started buying into it. And then we started living our lives in accordance to that story. Mm-hmm. And so it's really about getting out of your own way and kind of recognizing your own mess and then making active choices as to how you're going to live your life on a go forward from that point on. But at the very end, I even say, you can do all the yoga you want. You can spend all of the money on all of the self-help you want. You can listen to every podcast, every um, go to every conference, but until you unlock yourself, you're going to keep searching. How true. Just like you can have all the money in the world. You can be like hot as ever, you know, mm-hmm. great, great car or whatever matters to some people. And you're miserable. One thing that you're big on is letter writing and writing Mm -hmm. a letter to your younger self. How do you do that? I actually, it started, it was kind of an accidental project, to be honest with you. The idea was we were supposed to be mentoring girls and women by sharing, having successful women write about things um, from the vantage point of things they wish they would have known when they were girls. And it was through that process that we realized how therapeutic it was. And I actually have them do a visualization where they actually really get in their mind's eye what that younger self looks like. And what you find is once a woman gets that vision of her younger self, um, and usually is at a point in her life that's right before or after a tragedy, um, where she's kind of like, hey, heads up, this is about to happen, or this just happened and it's not your fault kind of thing. But the women, women take on a very nurturing, big sister type tone um, when they're speaking to their younger self and I lead them through this visualization, you know, what does she look like? What does she want from you? Um, and I have not yet walked away from a workshop where someone doesn't 
kind of tear up and say, oh my gosh, I haven't tapped into that aspect of myself in a very long time. And it's kind of reparenting in a lot of ways and remothering yourself to realize um, that some of the things you believe about yourself are, are completely untrue. And um, it's it's a beautiful process to watch women, the way they, we talk to ourselves so harshly, you know, like, get it together, sister. What are you thinking? Why'd you do that? Um, and when you watch this process of the letter writing, you actually see the woman say, you didn't know better. You were told this, and this was an error. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets better. And it's one of my friends actually did it. And she said, you know, if we could only speak to ourselves now, the way you talk to your younger self, how much better we would be just more healthy mm-hmm. um, in our own self image. What did you find out about yourself when you did that exercise? Oh, it was so hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, and that's one of the things I do say it's hard work, right? Um, I realized it took me, it took me a while to write the letter myself. And when I did the very first sentence that finally hit me was, I was looking at this poor little dejected girl. She's very young, probably about five, six years old. And I said to her, you will spend most of your life believing you're unlovable. And when I wrote that, I literally pulled my hands away from the keys and like sucked in my breath because it was such a big realization. And once you have one of these big realizations, you can't just put it away and walk away from it, right? You kind of poke at it and try to understand it better. And one of the things I realized is um, because of some of the messaging of my childhood, I believed I was unlovable and I was showing up in life like, hey, I'm unlovable. Give me what you may, which turned into abusive relationships, um, poor choice in friendships, um, relationships with narcissists and and manipulative people because they saw someone that was hurting. was willing to take what love um, I could receive. And so that was a big realization for me. It really kind of hit me in the gut. Oh, all this just brings tears to my eyes because it's something that like we forget about that little girl. Absolutely. I actually had um, someone tell me recently, um, not only don't forget about it, remember her, talk to her, but visit her on occasion as you're working through your the process of self-care. And I don't know that that working on yourself ever ends. I think we find layers and, and things like that. I think it's a continual progression. Um, I worry for the people who get nervous when they start reading the book. And they. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say that they started crying when they first started reading the book. And I said, if you started crying, it's because there's something there for you. Don't put it down. Be willing to lean into that because if there's there's something that you're holding against, there's some work to be done. And um, the other side of it's blissful. The other side of it's so much more beautiful. Your relationships are a lot more purposeful. You learn how to take more responsibility for the choices that you make once you kind of unhook yourself from your old stories. Um, but it's it's our own responsibility to do that, not paying a therapist or paying. You know, and don't get me wrong, I totally believe in the the in, in going to a therapist if that's important and you need to work with a professional. Um, but you also have to do the work yourself. A hundred percent. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> and so often it's, it's, um, we kind of get lazy in the self-help world or mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, people out there who are selling you on an idea, but they're not telling you how to get to it. And I think yep. that in your case, you're giving people the tools in this case, uh, free writing, which really helps you find these underlying feelings that maybe you didn't even know were there or you'd forgotten about. Yes, absolutely. And Julia Cameron and the Artist Way. If anyone is unfamiliar, I've been meaning with... to read that forever. Is it? Is, is it oh, the best? Oh, so good. God. Yes, 
It's so good. And if, if anyone has a hard time kind of figuring out or, and, and this is where I get frustrated because I agree with you. There's so many like pretty gifts out there with like motivational sayings on them that you can put like in a pretty font <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they might explain something and you feel better about yourself for a minute, but until you actually dig in and, and get into some free writing and start to unlock your subconscious, you're, you haven't really done any work. And Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way says that free writing is the gift of unlocking yourself. You are opening yourself up to understand your subconscious. Um, and so if, if there are ever any blocks or issues where you're trying to understand yourself, it's, it's such a wonderful gift. Wow. I think that um, that's the beginning to really finding yourself. And um, in this book, you give people the tools. This is something anybody could do right now. They could start to write that letter to their younger self. But I have to say in the book that you have you have more exercises than just that one. There's several. Yes. And mm-hmm. one of them is speaking to your future self as well. Is that right? Absolutely. Because I feel like once you have the opportunity to un- kind of hinge some of your messaging and kind of repurpose your self-talk away from, you know, cultural, social, generational messaging that you received or even trauma-based messaging, um, it's time for you to actually start tapping into that higher version of yourself, your future self, and co-creating with her. And that's been a really fascinating process as well because as you talk to women, um, once you can see your future self and you can have this person almost kind of talk back to you, she has the same nurturing, kind tone, but it's like, hey, I'm waiting for you to get here. So you need to end a relationship. You need to take a class. You need to, what do you need to do to get to this future version of yourself? Um, it's, it's so important that we actively choose. And I'm a big proponent on active choice theory. I think it's so important that we take responsibility for our actions and in even passivity, you are making a choice. So once you start making active choices about the life that you are building and tap into that future self and start co-creating with her, you are so powerful. And I don't think a lot of women give themselves credit for the power that they wield just by understanding themselves. Mm. You talk about the gut check method. What is that? So I um, I think it's funny because someone asked me the other day, they're like, you know, we hear about women's intuition and this and that. And it's like, there's just these fuzzy little words. For me, the gut check is, is if you aren't tight with your intuition, you can a lot of times pay attention to your body response to certain things. For instance, if someone sends you a, a text, as soon as you see their name on your phone, are you like, Ugh. Or do you roll your eyes? Are you like, what am I getting into now? That's your gut check, right? Like that's your body's way of letting you know, hey, there's something that's not in, there's some integrity missing from this relationship or there's something here that's triggering me. Um, If you walk into a situation and immediately your guard is up or the hair on your arms raises or you kind of feel like your shoulders round in, that's your gut telling you something is wrong. And so I really believe that you know, we have an innate knowingness that over time we kind of forget because of fear response. So if you're you're learning what they are and you're learning the difference between the voice of intuition or knowingness and the voice of fear, start paying attention to your gut. Pay attention to your body and the way it's responding to triggers and start asking it questions. Because a lot of times people say, well, that felt weird, but why? And I'm, I really believe that sometimes we just need to take a pause and say, okay, well, this person, when they do this, why do I feel this way? And just start kind of unraveling um, the answers that come to you because there might be some boundaries that have been crossed or need to be created in certain relationships Mm -hmm. in order to get you back to right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes 
I know this sounds silly, but sometimes it's as easy as unfollowing that person on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Um, I met a producer recently. Her name is Anna Randa, and she calls it flash unfollow. And she's like, if if you make me feel ugh, when I read your Instagram post, I immediately unfollow you and I don't give it a second thought. And um, I very much believe that if you're looking at an Instagram post or any type of social media and you, you find yourself comparing yourself in any way, being like, oh, I wish I looked like that. And with me, I was um, single for uh, quite some time after my divorce. It would be like, oh, I'm never going to get a boyfriend when I see these beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, well, why am I doing this to myself? I have so many gifts, you know, so I started unfollowing because um, even even using that gut check in the way you're receiving messages socially and through um, advertising is important to keeping your spirit really clean. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Keeping your spirit clean. Um, I'm so, I'm so, I'm really taken aback by this book. I feel like there's been a lot of authors that have come on this show, um, a lot of people with successful blogs, whatnot. Um, But I really feel like this is something that came from your soul with um, the purpose of helping women live to their fullest potential, finding what triggers them, finding what gives them purpose, let going, letting go of the baggage, identifying the baggage. And mm-hmm. I really have to commend you for that because this is something you can get. And you can actually, once you work through this, which I think you even said in the book, this isn't something you're going to have done by the end of the week. It's, you know, you can take time with all of these writing practices. Mm-hmm. You, you will see results, you know, if you put in the Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Wow. Well, and I and I and I believe the truth of self with is it is within the excavation of self. I believe you really have to understand how even you're showing up. And the other thing about this is I I it's I also put the responsibility on the individual, right? And I think it's it's so many times we get locked in old stuff. And thank you very much for the compliment because that means the world to me. This is honestly my soul and my activism because I believe truly that if we are better women we are going to create better women and we're going to create better friendships and the world needs better women to step up into into places of of power and voice and for one another and I think that we have to take um, the responsibility to make sure that we're excavating ourselves to be the best women that we can in all ways um, to move not only ourselves forward, our families forward, but society forward. Yes. Yes, sister. <laughs> now, you have some of these letters to younger selves from some uh, very amazing women on your blog, too, don't you? I do. I do. What it's been I- wonderful to get these messages from from ladies who are willing to open up. And no one's told me no, which has been fantastic. I think mm-hmm. any everyone's willing to do the work because they know that it helps unlock other people as well. Well, you can go read some of those amazing letters at loreandlittlethings.com. Plus, the book is out. It's called Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, and we are giving away a copy right now. Oh, yeah. If you leave a review for the Mindful Mostly podcast on iTunes and then you take a screenshot of that review, send it to me at Andrea at MindfulMostly.com. You will instantly be entered into this contest and we will send you that book right to your front door so you can get to work. Jeanette Schneider, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you. All the giveaways today. Check this out. My friend... Emily Thryn, 
who runs the dopest meditation studio in downtown Toronto called The Quiet Company, wants to do a giveaway for like this sweet cannabis event. Let's call her up. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. I'm recording you right now. Oh, amazing. Um, Hello, how's it go- <laughs> How's it going? Really good. Yeah, good. Just uh, chilling at home, doing some work. How's the studio? So good. Yeah. So good. We're having such a good time. Um, just like doing all kinds of fun stuff. So um, Emily was on the podcast a few months ago, I guess. You had just yeah. opened up The Quiet Company here in Toronto, which is a beautiful uh, meditation studio with such good vibes. We did an event together. We sure did. We need more of those. We ate tacos. Mm-hmm. We go way back. Uh, um, so cannabis is legal in Canada now. That happened like... Last week. A couple weeks ago, yeah. Um, and you're having an event, right? Totally. Break down the benefits of CBD. We're going to talk about it um, in terms of like health and wellness, managing inflammation. Michelle Bilodeau, who's co-hosting it, is going to be talking about how she used it as she was training for the Scotiabank Hack Marathon last weekend. Oh, neat. Um, and we've got a couple other people that are going to come in and just talk about like what it means and how to um, bring it into your self-care routine. Okay. So are you doing a little giveaway? Yeah, I would love to offer a couple tickets, two tickets to Mindful Mostly listeners. Amazing. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, my pleasure. Sick. Okay, here's how we're going to give it away. Go to the giveaway Instagram post at Mindful Mostly. Tag two buddies in that post. And also follow the at the quiet co Instagram page and you could win those tickets. Now, keep in mind, you got to be in Toronto and you've got to be available Sunday, November 4th. Thanks, Em. Thanks, Andrea. Look at all these women coming together. How amazing is this? And you guys, if you are feeling like you, you're vibing on this episode and you just want more, I got to say, there's 51 episodes now. So go back and take a listen. How to eat so it works for you. That was just a couple weeks ago. Um, why I'm feeling a little done with inspiration at points. We have Rebecca Perrin in for that one who wrote this article that went viral. Um, anti-aging and beauty tips from Kate Moss. Yes, plus creating a sacred space. Living more with less. There are just so many episodes for you to go back and feast your ears on. In the meantime as well, join the community on Instagram at Mindful Mostly. And I'll talk to you next week.